You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. My name is Jameer Dixon, and I'm a locating Mark Fieldman for PG&E. I protect people. I protect our community. I protect our environment. And when you call A11, I come out to your house, and I mark out our gas lines and our electric lines to make sure that you don't hit them when you're digging. A11 is at the heart of safety. I want people to know what's underneath them when they're digging. I'm passionate about it because every time I go on the street, I think about my own kids. A11 is a free service. Even if you're planning a garden, no project is too small to call A11. Together, we're building a better California. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast with myself, Robbie Musto, and my old mate, Robbie Earl. We're reacting to the Sunday games of Week 10 in the Premier League, and we'll look ahead to other big matches coming up this week. Let's start, my friend, with the first game on Sunday, Everton 2, West Ham United 0, and a, and a very much uh, important victory, I thought, for Everton. Yeah. Uh, and a game of two halves where Everton started slow. West Ham, for, for me, looked better in the first half, and then it all changed in the second half. What did you take from this one? I thought before the game, Rob, we're looking at two teams, Everton and West Ham, who really, if they're both playing to potential, will be vying for a similar kind of spot. Maybe not quite good enough for top four, maybe top six, but but certainly be, be wanting to be one of the teams out, outside of that. I agree with you. Let's first look at, at West Ham before we talk about Everton, who, who won the game. West Ham, I thought, started the game better. Looked like their system of play was better. Mm. And they were getting the ball into their, their two most dangerous players, Lanzini and, and Payet, who we did a little feature on during the game. And we were saying, certainly in the first half, how well they were building the play up and, and looking to create chances. Now, the one thing West Ham don't have at the moment is a regular goal scorer playing in the centre-forward position. Mikel Antonio's up there. Mm. We know how hard-working and industrious he is, and he chases lost corners. But he hasn't really got the, the touch of what we talk, call a top-class striker. And they've missed that, Rob. Andrew, Andre Aryu came on to the pitch second half and at least will start to give them a little bit more threat. Andy Carroll is Andy Carroll. He's injured. He does, we don't know when he's coming back. And Simone Zaza's come into the team and, and looked like he hasn't quite settled. So I think we saw that of West Ham. The other thing I would say of West Ham, Rob, and this is where my overall slight worry for Slavin Bilic is, the, the two halves of the game almost showed me what the with situation is with West Ham at the moment. The first half was a little bit like West Ham of last season. The second half was a little bit of like West Ham this. And I just, as a manager, you know, there's nothing worse than when you send your team out, you've done your team took and all that, and you don't know what you're going to get. And, and that would be something that was, I think was slightly worrying, Slavin Bilic. Yeah, I think the second half was worrying. And uh, I listened to his, uh, his post-game interview and, and, and he was playing it down a little bit. He, he, he was disappointed, but I think you're right. I think... When you get a little bit of form that they've got now um, with, with West Ham and they've got a couple of wins and they're playing better, again, like Chelsea, they've changed to this, this system of 3-4-3, three, three, which is working out for them. And then you kind of have um, a second-half display like what we saw against Everton. I think it's worrying. I mean, I think it's just the, the mentality, the, the attitude of some of the players isn't as strong as it should be. You're not always going to dominate games. I thought they, not that they dominated mm. in the first half against Everton, but they certainly 
you know, had more possession, I thought. They looked, they created more chances. And second half, it was flaky, just mm. dropped right off. And it's like, wow. And, and I know we, give, we gave a lot of credit to, to Lanzini and Pyatt in the first half, Rob. Could we point them to, in the second half to say, you know what, when in this system, without getting too technical and, and too detailed, in this 3-4-3, this three, three, sometimes mm. your, the opponent fullbacks can get some of the ball. And that's when you need your wide forwards, which is Payet and Lanzini, mm. to actually roll the sleeves up and get out there and track back. We've seen Chelsea do it really well uh, with Pedro, which we're going to talk about, and Hazard. I thought Payet and Lanzini were brilliant in the first half and second half maybe let their team down with a lack of, of, of work rate. I think the argument is when, when you've got players of that quality, quality certainly Payet, is that, you know, we both playing. Sometimes you give somebody a slightly easier can you, ride. Can you do that anymore? Well, well maybe, maybe that that is the case. But you do sometimes say, "Pyatt," and, and I'd be one of them. Listen, if I had to meet you, Pyatt, in my team, I might say, "Listen, you know what? Stay there. I'll go and do that running because because I, I can't do what he does when he gets to the last third of the pitch. Do I want him chasing back? No. Does he have to at times? I totally agree. Away from home in the Premier League, you need to. But there is a balance maybe as well where sometimes some players have got, you know, the Nobles and the Cuyates and, and, and the Bonners and people have to do a little bit extra of the digging work to make sure that guy can do what he does because okay. he's a match winner. Okay, Mamma Lanzini. Is that another one? Are you giving him license as well to be a bit? Can you, can you okay, I hear you. The balance. Can, can, you, can, yeah. you, can you afford to have two players that, that can switch off a little bit away from home? I, I know it's a balance, and I, mm. and I hear you. I just, I just think nowadays, when you see some of the top managers and what Jurgen Klopp's expecting from yeah, every yeah, player, Rob, yeah. there's nobody... That's and, probably and, the difference. Yeah, I think, that, I think that you have got to say to Payet, listen, we love what you do, mm. but we are going to have to demand that you, you, you roll your sleeves up at times, and it won't be all times, and it mm. won't be all away games or all 90 minutes. I mean, he was brilliant in the first half yeah. with the ball. But at certain times, I think the manager's got to say to him, Lanzini and others that can, might come into the team, you've got to work for the team um, when we haven't got the ball. Yep, let's move on to Everton, who won the game, who, as you say, were, were, were not that poor first off, but weren't at the races, as, as it were. And then I liked what, what you, uh, Ronald Koeman said after the game, that he said... He, he, it wasn't like a crazy one. I don't think he's one of the managers who's going to throw teacups and put people against the wall and shout and scream. But I think he honestly said to his group, oh, oh come on, come on, we're better than this. Yeah. Let's get some intensity. Let's get some tempo. Let's get our full-backs higher in the pitch. Let's dominate the game. Let's pick the tempo up and let's see what happens. And within five minutes, Coleman's up in, in attack, has a shot. Velassi does well to keep it alive. Lukaku scores, and then it's a different game. Then it's back to Everton. And it's interesting, Rob, because I... I I think we both agree in terms of the style of, of Koeman with his ma in management. I look at players like Ross Barkley, who he's had a bit of tough love. He's dropped. He he's took him off at half-time. I think it was against Sunderland. He, he, he's saying to this guy, you've got huge potential. The kind of potential where Ross Barkley can produce Eddie Hazard-style moments. Yeah, I agree with that. He can produce Riyad Mahrez-style moments, but he hasn't had the consistency of those players. I like how Ronald Koeman's handling him in terms of getting the best out of him. I like a similar thing in terms of Romelu Lukaku, in terms of how he's helping mature, develop this player who's still only 23 years of age, who's got more to come, who's not only scoring goals seven now, but assisting, he's got three assists. His all-round game is becoming better. And, and Yannick Velasco said an interesting thing. I want to get your, your take on this. When he joined the football club, he said, Ronald Koeman's teaching me how to play the Dutch way, the Dutch style of playing football. What do you interpret from that? 
Well, he wants him as a wide player. Um, I think the Dutch 4-3-3 is what we've seen many times before. And for the most part, it's staying on the outside. Dutch football with their build-up play, mm-hmm. the wide players really do stay wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's up to a number 10, like a Ross Barkley, to, to, to get involved mm-hmm. and to be that, that player. I mean, Burkamp, we saw it. Uh, at Arsenal with with Henri was that guy and, and there's been there's been many over the years and but, so that's but interesting. It, but isn't it also as well what I was trying to get to as well with, with the likes of Barkley and Lukaku is that you always have to be part of the game. You, there's got to be intelligent movement. Sometimes you're making runs for oppos- for, for mm. other players in the team. I just think that Ronald Koeman wants to teach as well as, as coach. He wants to improve players. He was and and I think that's maybe what we're seeing with with, with some of the, these players who he, who he's brought in. And he wants more consistency. Well, that, that's, that's the word. And, and my pre-game thoughts, Rob, was like, no wins in five all competitions. Mm. Before that, five out of five in all competitions, yep. wins. And I was like, what's the real Everton right now? Where are we at? Is this a, a really good mm. Everton team with a, a new manager that's made changes and looking good? Or are they flaky? Are they inconsistent? Another pre-game thought of mine is, and we, you've touched on it, and it, the, the team needs consistency from Barkley, Morales and Balassi. Because you know what you're going to get from, from your striker, Roman Lukaku. You know what you're going to get from Barry, Garner. Yeah. It's just the other players, those three players. And I think in this game, they were better. Yeah. Maybe so not great in the first half, half but yeah. in the second half. And that's what Everton are. If Everton don't get the best out of those three players, they're going to be mid-table. Mm. If they do, they can be top six or seven, absolutely. But just throw one more thing at you before we move on from Everton. Phil Jagielka was on the bench. Mm. Rested. He made a couple of mistakes a week before. Is Ronald Koeman? Well, when you say rested, he, he wasn't rested, was he? Well, we know he was, Ronald Koeman said dropped. he was rested, but yeah, yeah. In, no game in, real, in football terms, he was. We know he's dropped, but yeah. managers now say rested. Yeah. But is this also another side of Ronald Koeman? He'll make tough decisions. Jagielka is the captain, the leader at the football mm. club, and all that. He'll make. Will he? Is he a man who will make those tough decisions if he needs to? But he does them maybe a slightly better way than the Jose Mourinho would. Or, or, you know, a manager who, who wants to be a little bit brittle. This guy seems to have a way. Even when he, he drops you, it doesn't feel like you're going to be dropped. I think all, all good managers have to have a real uh, hard side. I don't want to say a nasty side because that's mm. not necessarily what I mean. But but a tough, straightforward side to him. And I, I think we absolutely know that he's got it. Mm. He, 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 he shows us that with his, his press conferences when he's not happy. We've seen him drag Ross Barkley off and talk afterwards about it. He's got, you know... He doesn't sugarcoat it. He's yeah. got to do better. He's not. Yeah. I want more from this guy. So I like. I like him. I like what he's doing. I like. I like the quotes about trying to improve him as players, which is of course very important. But you'd be surprised the amount of managers that don't really work individually with players to get them better. And I just think this is a good result. Good result. Okay, I know where I'm, I'm at now with Everton. They're a good side. They've got good players that are going to get improved, and they're going to have a good season. Let's talk about another team who are improving. Four straight wins now, four clean sheets. Chelsea changed the system, changed the look, went on to win 2-0 against Southampton. Where are, where are this Chelsea? Are they back to title contenders? I think they're title contenders, Rob. I mean, we won't necessarily get into the, the whys and why not they might do it, but they're absolutely, in my opinion, title contenders now. I mean, they were title they were champions a couple of years ago. I think there's new players that have come in that have cost money that are playing. Angola Kante being mm. the, the big example, $40 million. He's made them better. Marcus Alonso is $30 million, Robin. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot mm. of money for a fullback. 
but he's doing a really good job. Victor Moses has come in from nowhere, really, after being kicked out on loan yeah. uh, for the last few seasons, has done so well there. And I like his appetite, his intensity, his enjoyment of playing David Luiz, another new player that's come into the club and has looked very good. That with a manager that's new, that's changed to, to the way that they... They want to play. I thought they looked pretty Italian yesterday, Rob, with mm. a very, very solid um, outlook after they got the early goal, of course, from Azard, and, and and there was it just looked like there's no way back for Southampton. Okay, you talked about managers who, who don't sugarcoat it. Do they win the title? Chelsea. Yeah. Do they win the title? <laughs> the contenders, of course, the contenders. They're going to be in the top four, five, or six. So the, the contenders. Mm. Let's put it. Let, let, let's go further. I think they're Do they go really win close. their title? No, I don't think they will. I, don't, I think they'll just yeah. come short. I just think they'll come short. But listen, we, we, this is kind of crystal ball time. I mean, yeah. it's so tight and there's so many good sides and there's so much about consistency and who's mm. going to be, who's got the best balance. We should talk about Rob because yeah. you want to talk about a team. I mean, let's, the, the last two champions, Leicester City, tremendous balance, yeah. mainly counter-ticking, yeah. defensively strong. A Chelsea before that with Mourinho, defensively incredibly strong in the second half of the season. Chelsea have shown over the last four games, and it's not that's not a big period of yeah. time, but they potentially could be that strong defensively, and they're do, better do, than do, those do, teams Do you think so? Let's just, let's just talk about that back three. Aspilicueta, David Luiz, Gary Cahill. If they have to defend one-on-one situations, Aspilicueta, I like. I think he's, he's, he's a solid, determined, safe centre-back. David Luiz... And Gary Cahill, especially if Gale gets pulled out left-hand side, where he might be slightly in a wider position, I think gets exposed, Rob, against better forwards with better movement. David Luiz is a work in progress. I like the system. I like what he's doing more. But his concentration for 90 minutes, is he somebody you can rely on? I just wonder, Rob, when we go down to big games, when the opposition are good, the opposition can have possession, they can get maybe pulled apart a little bit. Can that back three stand up to the quality of forwards to, to see I, the tackle? I, I like what you're saying, right? But you're you're wanting a perfect. No, I, I'm talking about the balance. You, you, I, I, I want the balance. I want the defensive balance every, a bit more. All right. Every single team, we could really look at them closely. The of back course. four and Liverpool could could they do it? Of course. Manchester. So so Spurs apart. You're I would good... say Spurs back four, and, and I'm going to improve. Yeah. Put, okay. Back they four probably goalkeeper. Would, they would solve back four yeah. and goalkeeper because I want to bring the goalkeeper because yeah. I see him as back four. I'm talking about that back five unit. And I'll get back to your your question. And and yeah, Gary Cahill exposed, pulled away from the centre is is going to be risky. David Louise, I mean he's. Some points, Robin, and everybody can say that he's got um, weaknesses and stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's some point. But on the other side of it, I think this manager now has excellent protection, or he's, he's brought in, um, of course, Kante and Matic, yep. excellent protection. The, the wingbacks absolutely tuck in when they're under a little bit of pressure. That helps those players as well. So I understand your arguments, and I understand the potential pitfalls of some of these players in the back three. But I think on the other side of it, you've got to look about how well they're coached defensively, and what they bring in and other scenarios. That's pretty quarter. You yeah. know, is really good, I think, in that role. David Luiz plays some passes out. That it, it, I think it's it, it's tough to to really scrutinise an area of the team. And yes, there, there isn't perfect. 
but but it, it can be made better and they, they offer a lot more going forward. It's all about the bigger picture, but I know where you're coming from. Yeah, and, and listen, I'm, I'm not having a down on Chelsea because I'm loving what Antonio Conte is doing. I said at the start of the season, he had one of the toughest jobs going into a team that was dysfunctional, looked disillusioned. And I, I'd just like to, you know, you've talked about Alonso, Moses, who's, who's loaned out everywhere. Nobody really fancied him, looks like a player now. And Golo Kante has got the freedom now by having an extra man next to him to go and do his job. Nemanja Matic, Nemanja Matic looks more like the player who was a title-winning Matic, getting about the pitch, making things happen. And Edin Hazard is almost back to something yeah. like and, the Hazard and, and, that and we saw. Costa's the, Costa's the scoring, best striker at the moment, so, leading goal scorer. So there's a lot of good stuff, Rob, correct. to go with some potential issues. And one other thing, more, more big thing, and I know we're going to talk about maybe some of the other teams just at the top of the table, no European mm. football. Mm. Every week, they're on the training ground thinking about the opposition. Yeah, playing that, And, and that, that's a big thing. Benham Rodgers had it when he was at Liverpool. You know, and, and Leicester City had it last season. No European football might just be one of the things now that gives you a chance to win the so, Premier So, League. back to the question of, of will they win the title. Mm. I don't think you're going to say yes. And is, it, is no. it the defensive three, those individuals that you think is going to... Yeah. Why are they not going to win it? I would say more of the defensive three... I think we've seen the defensive three on, on decent days. What about the defensive three on not-so-decent days? That would be my worry. Of the balance, I still think Manchester City, with their players and with their best, their best back oh, four... You can look at their back, back yeah. situation, Rob, and that's not clever. I, I would still... I, I back them at the beginning of the season, Rob. I'm, I'm not going to go anything on. But I, I try to put them in order in terms of where's the best balance, and you made a point between striking or attacking threats in defensive stability. Do you know who finishes top of my list? Arsenal finished top of my list. Arsenal. Good attacking threats can get goals from areas. Alexis down the middle. Good enough back four with Mustafi, Bellerin, Monreal, Petr Cech in behind. Top of my list would be Arsenal football. Close second, Spurs and Chelsea in terms of balance. Spurs and Chelsea. I'd go behind them, Manchester City. Then would come Liverpool just because of that brilliant uh, attacking threat, but I worry a little bit about them defensively. Lovren and, and Moreno, if they have to play, James Milner filling in at left back. And, and bottom of my group would be Manchester United. Manchester United, I don't think, have got it quite right up front, and certainly haven't got it quite right mm. at the back. That's interesting because we haven't often seen a team attack their way to the title. No. There's always been a. a, a, a a certain amount of balance that's needed with going forward and going back. Certainly in recent seasons, I've talked about that in Leicester and Chelsea. So that, that has to be a concern. So, so to go back onto your, your balance question, I mean, Manchester City, it, 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 they're almost a different case. Yeah, because because there's, there's, no, yeah. there's no defensive, yeah, there's but, very, very but, little defensive but, focus but, in the team. But they're they very all rarely about need, attack. But they rarely, rarely need to defend because of the way the that he's They're doing it with the yeah, ball. Yeah, with the ball. They keep the ball. They keep possession. And that's what Pep's done with these Barcelona teams in the past. And not quite so much with the Bayern Munich. Example. Arsenal. Mm. I watched my old team play against Arsenal, Rob. And they could have had yeah. three goals. Yeah. So I, I, at the moment with Mustafi uh, and Koscielny, they look a good partnership. But I think, again, it's a little bit early to, to just kind of put a no, tick on we're, that box we're making, for them we're, we're, we're making our 10-game report of what we've seen. That's all. We, there's, there's another 28 to go that, that changes everything. And, but, and Arsenal are often great in the first 10, 15 games. Mm-hmm. Then you get into November and, and you well, know, it changes. Well, I'm happy to have that discussion okay. at Christmas and then in no, the spring I, I, and then at the end of the year and we'll have a four, we'll have, we'll have a four yeah. little books. But, but right now, 
the balance of where we are, I would say Arsenal would be top of, of, of the balance. Now, does that mean they're going to win the league? I'm not too sure. Does that mean that they're, they're, they're going to run away with it? I, I don't think so. But, you know, we're looking at a, at a 10 game run. Should we move it forward? Let's yeah. quick talk about the European games this, yeah. this week because he's a big one. Man City played Barcelona. Don't want to get a, don't want to get their bum smacked again, Man City, do they? <laughs> they don't want to go go get a three or four four nil. No, they don't. And, and well, uh, plays apparently, doesn't he? This time, yeah, I think there's a great chance of him playing, and, and that's an interesting mm. uh, conversation as well. With it's a bit of a move, isn't it? For, from like what you don't play him away, but now you feel they're going to have more ball. You play him at home. Mm. Yeah, I, I think so, and I think it's the right thing to do. I mean, I, I had no problem with what Pep did in the first no. game. He explained himself, and, you know, it didn't work out on the day. Uh, it was a mistake. Uh, De Bruyne didn't have the desired effect, and the goals from everybody, Messi and everything else. Mm. Um, but I expect a different game, yeah. I mean, I mean, Barcelona are as dangerous away from him as they are at home. Yeah. So, And it'll be the, 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 the well, style of game. More of a tense. Well, maybe have to look at that defence in that one and, and see how they defend against, uh, yeah, against it, a Barcelona it, uh, good I mean, team. T- t- there was periods in that first leg where, the first game, sorry, last time, but where City played well. Did OK, they, they, yeah. They, they passed they the ball okay. well and Barcelona Sterling gave some problems. problems. But, but I think it's going to be a different game. I don't think it's going to be that kind of clear-cut for Barcelona. I think Man City um, will, if they have a good atmosphere within that stadium, that can give Barcelona a really good challenge. Interesting how, how strong Arsenal go against the Ludogrets team. They beat six at home. Will he rest one or two players? The North London derby coming up the weekend. That might be an interesting one for Arsenal. Tottenham there at home to buy a Leverkusen draw. Drew last time out. Tottenham at Wembley, bigger pitch. Going to be interesting. Copenhagen. Uh, Leicester travelled to Copenhagen. Can see them getting on three three straight wins for Leicester in that competition. Yeah, and I, and I think that we saw a, a focused Leicester against Spurs on Saturday that we, we've already talked about on our, our radio show. Um, and, and I'm thinking because they've done so well in the Champions League, they, mm. they're, they're, they're kind of guaranteed to go forward pretty much. Um, and I think that's going to be a game again that they can sit back and I think they'll win in Copenhagen as well. Two European Europa League games, Rob, where the two teams who weren't quite at the best at the weekend, Manchester United go to Fenerbahce. It's almost a game they could do without Manchester United, isn't it? It's almost like, they've, it's almost like they need to concentrate on, on the Premier League, all the problems with Jose and, and the, the lack of goals, Latin not scoring, where's the front players? I mean, do, do more games just add more questions at the moment to Manchester United? Yeah, it's it's... I mean, it's almost a mess, isn't it? I mean, there's talk of, of Schweinsteiger training mm, with the team yeah. again. Um, Wayne Rooney, is he going to play in this match? Potentially. It's still, it's still a real uh, difficult situation at United with Jose Mourinho and, and, and how he's trying to make a team there and the lack of goals. You know, we've talked a lot about balance in this podcast, Rob, and, and other teams like City, Arsenal and Liverpool. I mean, they are scoring so freely, playing so well going forward. But Manchester United... With big Zlatan up front, it hasn't really happened. So that uh, is an awkward um, game for United to go to Fenerbahce. And Southampton, I mean, I, you yeah. know, they're, they're a good story. They're a good story. Difficult, of course, against Chelsea, going, going behind so early and then finding it very difficult to get through. Um, but they have been fantastic. And uh, Claude Puel's experience, I think, will help Southampton against uh, Inter Milan. Yep, so that's this week covered. We'll um, talk Arsenal and Tottenham, Tottenham on Saturday to Robbie's football show, 5pm Eastern time on NBC Sports Radio. We'll get stuck in, into that one. And we'll also mention, talk about the Stoke City Swans again. We'll do that in our midweek podcast this week when we'll be talking Champions League as well. On a weekend when Man City, Arsenal and Liverpool, well, they're joint top. Jose didn't show up. Sunderland are rock bottom. And don't forget, if you subscribe to iTunes, to the Two Robbies podcast, please take a moment to leave a ratings and reviews. It certainly helps to increase our visibility. 
which therefore means new football fans can enjoy the show. And don't forget, for more Musto and Earl, there's the Two Robbies Football Show, as I say, 5pm Eastern Time, each and every Premier League Saturday on NBC Sports Radio. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.